Welcome to the Moser on Manufacturing Podcast, brought to you by Jacket Media Co. I'm just wild about Harry, and Harry's wild about me. Welcome, everybody, to Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Lou Weiss, and I'm here today with uh, Harry Moser, who is the president and founder of Reshoring Initiative. And uh, we're going to be talking about Harry's uh, total cost of ownership as, it re, uh, as in regards to reshoring and onshoring and, you know, the whole mess of what's going on in terms of where we are at with reshoring. So, Harry, it's your floor. <laughs> thank, thank you. Actually, it's it, it's your microphone, maybe, but my floor at the moment. The uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the uh, uh, you know the, the work went offshore because the wages, the prices were so much lower. And but if companies do the math correctly, if they look at the total cost instead of just the wage or the price, in twenty or thirty percent of the cases, they'll see they can be more profitable bringing the work back. The problem with uh, with that is that uh, manufacturers who are very smart at making things and building things and knowing how to sell things, they may not necessarily, or their CFOs may not necessarily be up to speed in terms of being able to determine what the total cost of ownership is. But I know you have the fix. Yeah, of course. Uh, so for, first, a definition of total cost of ownership, and it's it's to, to look at all the costs and all the risks, and risks are getting bigger all the time, so all the costs and all the risks, instead of just the wage rate or just the, the price, the factory price, uh, and the, uh, the the difference, again, is 20 or 30 percent, so you're, you're, you're really inaccurate if you only look at the, at, at the, at the price. The, um, so what, what companies should should do and why they should use it. it first it helps to make more accurate decisions both on buying where should i buy the product where should i or he, there or here and where should i put a factory should i put the factory there should i put the factory here so an, an in, very interesting case uh, a good friend of mine a professor john gray at the ohio state university business school um, he, he found four companies medium-sized companies that had offshored and then reshored. And he did a study of them, like professors do, and he said, why'd you offshore? They said the price was so much lower, the wage rates were so much lower, I saved a ton of money. Well, then why'd you reshore? Well, over five years, we found some duty, freight, carrying costs of having too much inventory, travel costs, intellectual property risk, the, the problems of communication between engineering and manufacturing. You put all those things together and the price wasn't worth it. And so we brought it back. What about quality? And quality, it, it depends. If you're getting it perhaps from China or Indonesia, a quality difference. If you're getting it from Germany or Switzerland, pro probably not a quality difference. Right, right. But Germany, of course, is not exactly one of the cheap, cheaper uh, venues. Although I've, I've run into a lot of people that tell me that at least in machined products, they can get the part cheaper in Germany than here. Is that right? That's yeah. interesting. They're more productive. They have better apprentices. They automate better. They, have, they buy more robots. 
Interesting. Um, I think Japan is probably the, the king of robots. Yeah, actually, I think maybe North Carolina, uh, South Korea is, I think, but then oh. Japan, uh, uh, Germany, Ch China has more robots per thousand workers than the U.S. has. Is that right? So, so their, their productivity is rising at about six or seven percent per year, and ours is rising at less than one percent a year. Hmm. It hasn't helped their economy as of recent, China. Well, their economy overall is dramatically better than 20 years ago. Yes, you know, absolutely. absolutely. Record rate of, of improvement. So they, they've done very well. And they're, they're smart enough and aggressive enough and long-term enough to keep investing. Whereas American companies, when things are good, they tend to invest. And when they aren't good, they tend to not invest. Right. And right. the Germans and the Chinese, they sort of just keep investing, investing, growing and growing. Correct, correct. So um, the cost of, uh, the total cost of ownership, uh, uh, they had a problem this past year, uh, year and a half with regards to uh, COVID and uh, shortage of containers and shortage of truck drivers. So you were paying exorbitant fees uh, for example, a container prior to COVID was about three and a half thousand dollars, and it went up to twenty thousand dollars. It's now back down again, but during that period of time, the cost of ownership uh, must have soared. It did, and obviously, it depends a lot on what the product is. If you're shipping yes. something that's high value and not very big and not very heavy, well, then not so important. But if it's um, uh, steel or or, or or you know something that that's a lot of space not much labor content then right. that freight cost was knocking it out of, out of the market but that that's a that's one of those pieces of total cost so if somebody was going to um, look to reshore after they've made a determination of costs uh, first they would have to determine what those costs were so you want to tell us about total cost of ownership estimator? Okay. So the, the, the TCO estimator is, is free online on our website. You have to go there, sign up, sign in. And the, it's at www.reshorenow.org. That's where you'll find it. And, and essentially, you, you answer a bunch of questions. The user answers questions. They, 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 you tell us what kind of thing you're bringing back. And then, uh, and then th there's two columns, one for the US, one for the other country, and you answer questions. Some, you give the same answer in both, like how, how much does it weigh? How many are you gonna buy a year? Uh, things like that. And others are different, like uh, how frequently are you going to receive them? So if it's a local factory, like somebody buying from you, they might get forgings every week. Whereas if they're coming in from offshore they might get them once a month or once a quarter and they fill a container and and so and that then changes what the inventory will be so so we they answer a series of questions about 29 questions and then the algorithms take those and calculate do calculations and come up with about 27 costs and risks that are quantified as a cost per piece and then totaled to tell you what the total is and then a forecast into the future, because we, we ask you, we ask the user what the what they expect the, the rate of wage increases will be in each country. 
and then it goes in and it estimates what will happen in the future. So, so we, we tell them where you are now, where you think you're going to be in the future, so the company can make a better decision. So um, they must come up with, you know, you come up with a differential between 20 and 30%, is that correct? Let's say the, from the data that we have of 180 cases of China versus the US, I'm going to show you a slide here. Yeah, good. Okay, I'm going to get you to a slide. Tell me when that comes up. You're on. Okay, so first, this, this slide is a study that we did with uh, Plant and Moran, one of the largest consulting and auditing companies. And we asked manufacturers and distributors to the extent that you buy product or material uh, components offshore, why do you do that? Why don't you get them locally? And you can see the big bar on the left. Overwhelmingly, they said it was price. They go offshore for price. So, you know, right. sort of ele elevator speech about 70% of the decision to offshore is driven by price. Correct. And the, and the uh, price difference is substantial. So if you see in this uh, next slide, um, I took uh, 190 cases, China versus the US, and the, um, the horizontal axis is China price percentage of US, and you can see the peak of the distribution is around 70. So China price on average is about 30% less than US price. So right. that's a lot. If you're a company, that's, that's hard, to, hard to ignore if all you're going to do is look at the price. So what we offer them is the uh, total cost of ownership estimator, okay, which in which they take that price and they calculate the total cost. They add in all these other 28 factors. And so in this chart, the, the red circle is the Chinese price, factory price, and the blue triangle is the US price. So in this case, 70 and 100, a 30% difference. And then the, uh, the red uh, rectangle is the China TCO, and the diamond is the US TCO. So you can see we've gone from a 30% difference down to a 10% difference, and then it forecasts both of them off into the future based on the expected rate of wage increase in each country. And so in this case, we would hope that the purchaser would say, huh, uh, first they were going to say, if they just looked at price, of course, I'm going to send that new thing off to China and have it made 30%. I'll get my bonus, big savings, I'm a hero. Kind of thing, huh? But if they look at TCO, they say, eh, not so clear anymore. And pretty soon the product should be made here. So we should stop sending more things off and we should be starting planning to bring things back. And if there's forgings there, we ought to be calling Lou and say, Lou, can you make some forgings for us starting in a couple of months? Right. Uh, in your uh, in your TCO, um, have you uh, included the uh, tariff issue with regards to China? There, first, there's a black a bl there's duty, which is the traditional two, three, four percent duty, and and there's blank spaces for them to add it in. In the revised copy, the revised version of TCO estimator, which hopefully will come out in two months, the uh, uh, we we definitely have the what's called Section 301 tariffs, which are these 25% right. tariffs. And 25%, right. you know, you know, if you're buying anything, 25% makes a huge difference. 
And so we're going to have um, Section 301 tariffs. We're going to have ESG, environmental, social, and governance. So in a, for a typical metal product, by making it here instead of making it there and shipping it here, you reduce the environmental load by about 25%. Even 50%, depending on the product. Yeah. And in terms of social, you know, every every $200,000 worth of work you bring back, that's one American job. So that's a social benefit for your country. And so we're going to have a method to calculate that and say what value you're bringing to the country. So we're going to have um, Section 301, ESG, and then a section on risk, on geopolitical risk. So the the, the probability of something going wrong with China, specifically over Taiwan, has been rising over the last couple of years. We have a, a study that was done by uh, of a bunch of geopoliticians, you know, political scientists kind of people. And from that, we concluded that the probability is maybe 3.5% per year that there's war over there. And you might say 3.5%, that's not very much. But then over the next five years, that's 17 and a half percent. That starts to sound like a lot. Right, right. And, and, and if your company and every one of your products, every one of your factories, all your suppliers are getting components from China. And all of a sudden they all stop, and not for a week or a month, but maybe for six months or a year or five years. Will you still be in business? And when you when you find out you're not getting your components from offshore, and you call somebody like like Lou and say, Lou, I need, you know, five million dollars per week of work <laughs> coming out starting next month. But Generally, we, don't we don't have any tooling, but but we need you to do that. Can you do that? You can say no. And by the way, you're the thousands call I've had today since the war started <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> so so we we say, and a lot of people on Wall Street are saying that U.S. manufacturing companies should treat getting out of China as a form of insurance, just like you have fire insurance, flood insurance, what have you, you should have China insurance. And, and the way you pay for that is to pay a little bit more, not much more if you use total cost, but a little bit more to bring the work back here. So you know you have that access to that component. So you know you'll be able to ship to your customers. You know you'll, you'll have your revenue. You'll be able to pay your people. Right. And uh, there is one point that I'd like to bring out because there's a popular misconception about the China tariff, uh, the 25% that you spoke of, is that China does not pay that tariff. The U.S. customer who is buying the goods from China is the one paying the tariff. So XYZ company buys from China at whatever the price is, then we have to, we here, U.S. customers, have to pay the U.S. government 25%. The, the importer pays the tariff. That's right. The importer pays the tariff. Now, I, I, I've seen studies of products that were subject to the tariff that showed that the U.S. price for that product category did not rise after the tariffs went into effect. And so, so I think, I believe, that the Chinese supplier is probably eating half the tariff. They, you know, if the tariff's 25%, I'll bet the Chinese uh, uh, selling price comes down by 10 to 15%, because otherwise the customer is going to say, no, I'm not going to buy from you anymore. Right. 
Right. Well, that's that's true, and I've heard that as well. And I've also heard that there are times where uh, import documentation is not exactly the way the real numbers are. <laughs> yeah, I've and, heard. And, and sometimes they'll ship the product to Vietnam or Cambodia or Thailand or somewhere else, to, and all of a sudden it's a Thai product instead of uh, instead of a Chinese that's product. I've, I've got an inter interesting quote on on total cost. There's a uh, I was just actually talking today to the to G appliances and they, they're one of the original reshoring stories. They brought you know, th two or three different product categories back from China and, and made them in Louisville and re turned around the Louisville factory. It's been just a great success. And there's a quote from Kevin Nolan, who's the CEO of G appliances. And I'm going to read this to you. He said, I've always said, this is just economics. People are going to realize that the savings they thought they had are not real, and it's going to be better and cheaper to make them here. So he's talking about well, total cost of ownership, that the if you just look at the price, you're not seeing the whole picture. When you see the whole picture, you'll decide in many cases that you ought to be making the product here. That's well said, well said. And for those uh, late uh, listeners, uh, you want to give us that uh, URL again so they can <laughs> go to the TCO estimator? I guess I'm willing to do that. So it's www.reshorenow.org. And you'll find there, you can email me, you can find a phone number. So I, I'd love to hear from people either that have succeeded in reshoring, because the only, only way we know that 360,000 jobs were announced coming back last year is because we find that out. And you can help us by telling what you've reshored, either as say an OEM, a buyer, or as a uh, supplier, someone who sells to that OEM. So tell us about your successes or ask us for help in having some more successes in the future, getting some more business. A as an example of that, a, a company in outside Chicago came to me about five years ago, Mori Corp, M-O-R-E-Y Corp, Woodridge, Illinois, they make printed circuit boards, populate the circuit boards. Right. And they were about to lose a big order to China. Uh, the Chinese competitor offered a lower price to, to the customer. And so I, I helped Mori do this uh, TCO calculation, showed the customer that even though Mori's price was higher, that the TCO to the customer was lower. And that was the key to winning a $60 million order. So everybody nice. asked, I, I'd love to help you win a one million, a hundred thousand dollar order. So, so you know, the tools there to use. I'm here to help. You know, let's do let's let's bring some jobs back together. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Your TCO estimator is free to use. Free to use, yeah. And I'd like to see it used more. I mean, it gets used a lot, but but it's still it's not used. It could be used ten times as much and bring back you know ten times as many jobs. Uh, Harry, we're going to have to talk about the TCO estimator and perhaps as a, a Benny to uh, uh, your organization, and perhaps we ought to put it on Manufacturing Talk Radio website where we have uh, tens of thousands of people coming that uh, they'll see what this is all about. They'll go to you, they'll come to me, they'll sign up and uh, uh, be able to benefit and uh, see the benefit of perhaps reshoring. Yeah, I, I, certainly having a link from there and a, a description would be great. 
the, uh, you know, just, just a last sort of a quote. Uh, many of you will have heard of uh, W. Edwards Deming, who was the father of quality. And he helped the Japanese learn quality, and then we learned from him and from the Japanese. And right. his, his fourth principle of management, quote, stop buying on the basis of price, instead minimize total cost. Here's a guy who's seen as a genius, a guy who turned around industries. And he said, look at the total cost, not the price. It goes right to the bottom line. Yeah. And that's a quote from me. <laughs> <laughs> Harry, any final words before we wrap up this segment? Uh, well, it's, it's always good to work with you, Lou, and, and it's good to, to hear or to be heard by and, and eventually to hear from the audience. Again, we're here to help. I want to know your successes, want to help you with more successes. Harry, thank you very much. And uh, we're going to do part two of this uh, next month, and we'll be sending out an email to all of our listeners and uh, the transients that come through. This is part two. And if you only come in on part two, you can always listen to part one on our website. Uh, Harry, maybe you ought to put us on your website, do a a swap. So that well, said, we, we can we can make that work. Uh, <laughs> now, but, but by good. the way, for everybody out there, I'm still wearing the manufacturing is cool <laughs> t-shirt. So for those who are young enough to still pick a career, or those who have have children or nephews and nieces and so on to to uh, that have to make that decision, manufacturing is a great career and will be an even better one as you bring more jobs back to the country. Manufacturing is cool today. <laughs> it is cool. Harry, thank you very much, and we'll see you next month. Thank you, Lou. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. I'm just wild about Harry, and Harry's wild about me. The heavenly blisses of his... This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.